Awesome Podcast. Toot toot. Toot toot everybody and welcome to the Big Hell and Possum Podcast. Tonight on the show, we're going to play a game. This is a game that Possum and I invented and have played a lot on our uh, live shows and on our Twitch stream. It's called I Can Live With That. Yes, sir. And it's a game that you can play at home or at work if your uh, boss says that's okay. Uh, You may find you're not as good at this game as we are, but... You might get better, and I think it's going to take off. And I'm, I'm hoping it'll be an Olympic sport any day now. Yep, it's a game of optimism. Why don't you tell the folks at home how to play? The way I can live with that is played, is you're given a scenario similar to like a would-you-rather style scenario. It's a speculative, hypothetical, impossible, likely unpleasant or unideal. But unlike would-you-rather, you don't get a choice. That's right. The only objective is to... Take what you're given and then make the best of it. You are thrust into this scenario quantum leap style, and your goal is to simply live with it. Now, it's important to mention, and these are really the two big rules of I can live with that, is you cannot alter the parameters to get out of it. So if the scenario is that you have a monkey on your head, you can't say, well, I'll, I'll live with that by getting rid of the monkey on my head. That's right. Or paying the monkey to go somewhere else. No, you can't do that. You have to live with the parameters. And you're not allowed to shorten the life in any artificial way or, or anything like that. Or say, well, it wouldn't last that long because, uh, I, because that monkey would eventually uh, eat my mm-hmm. head off. You know, you, you don't say stuff like that. No weaseling. It's just all, how can I make this good? It's a good life skill. It's a fun game. You're going to love it. Basically, you just have to find the silver lining in this scenario and cling to it however thin it is. And when you have found that silver lining, you say, I can live with that. And this music right here plays. It's going to be a time. Now, Possum and I have several scenarios we've come up with. Uh, We've not shared these with each other ahead of time. And when we come back, it's time for round one. episode we're going to be playing a little game we invented called i can live with that it's a game of coping and optimism you know fun big hal's gonna paint a little scenario for me and we'll see if i can live with it what you got buddy okay the first scenario i'm gonna toss at you tonight mr possum to see if you can live with it is this your head and your neck are still your head and your neck they still function as your head and your neck okay but they have the properties of a helium balloon on a string. Oh. Meaning, you cannot bend your neck or move it intentionally in any way. And your head is 
free-floating in the air, several, well, I'll say an unsaid distance above your body. You have a balloon head. You look ridiculous. Uh, everyone makes fun of you. That's That should really go without saying. But basically, the properties of a balloon on a string, that's your neck and head. All right. All right, that stinks. Yep. It's good to admit, first of all, that the scenario stinks. That's the first stage of dealing with it. Yes, exactly. We're going to cope with it. I'm going to find something tight about it. But first, let me just say it stinks. Now, the string that is the uh, string part of the balloon, is that made of my neck flesh? <laughs> uh, let's say that it's uh, some kind of like tendony material. Okay, right? it's a tendon. It's like a, cat, it's like a cat gut string. Oh, okay, so pretty, pretty hardy. Oh, yeah, yeah. As strong as a conventional balloon string, I would say, at least. Now, my head, it, it operates like a balloon. Is it fragile like a balloon? Could could a, a pebble thrown a certain way pop my head? Uh, yes. But it, it still functions as your head. Mm -hmm. There's still all that stuff in there, right? There's still a, a tiny little ravioli-sized brain in there, and then, like, a bunch of fat and, uh, and some kind of, uh, presumably, some blood and stuff. So yes, you could you, you could easily pierce the balloon-like skin of your head, but I'm saying it wouldn't just simply deflate entirely. You know. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, here's some of the drawbacks. I gotta say, it's gonna be very difficult to be outside in the wind. Yeah. We all know that. I'm gonna get dizzy because I'm gonna be looking everywhere. I got no control over where my head's pointing anymore. That's unfortunate for sure. Now, can Wait. I interrupt for one second and sure. offer you? I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to go ahead and, uh, since this is the first round, we'll play it on easy mode. I'm going to offer you a little bit of, uh, uh, of help here, which is to say, I think you would find that if the wind was blowing extremely hard, that that would actually bring your head lower to the ground for a more controlled kind of uh, uh, proximity to your body. You know, the way if you're carrying a balloon in the wind, that balloon uh, sinks down lower to the ground. You might actually be able to walk yourself over to, say, a bowl of chips or something and and get get a bite of food because that's going to be your big problem as a balloon head is how do you feed yourself can i still talk yes you can still talk i yeah. can talk and eat and stuff well i mean whether you can eat is a question of how do you get the food to your balloon head well i would probably just use a series of sticks and long spoons big l don't be a fool okay don't be a fool right. you have to well, be careful not to pop your head with that long stick well, I, I've got to say, I've already found a couple of silver linings. One, it's my head, right? So yep. it's going to, you know, but it's all my stuff, but it's just lighter, which means it's, I'm probably going to be less stressed because my thoughts are going to be airy and light. Your head will be literally in the clouds. Yeah. And the other silver lining is that I can see over people at concerts for the first time. Oh, wow. I hadn't even thought about that. So, my good friend... My head's a balloon. I can live with that. And that, dear listeners, is how the game is played. What a treat. All right, Mr. Possum, it's my turn. Do you have a scenario for me? Yes, sir, I do. Let's hear it. All right. There is a miniature horse that kicks you to wake you up every morning. Uh -huh. You you have no idea how he gets in your room, and you cannot lock him out. It's magic. He's just there, and he kicks you hard to wake you up. That's your little horsey alarm clock every day. Mm -hmm. 
the magical horse. Yes. The classic ethics puzzle of the magical horse. Of course, uh, a horse tail as old as time. Uh, is that is that it? It's it, it. The horse wakes me up. He kicks you to wake you up. Yes, every day. Okay. Does he do anything else throughout the course of the day? Hey, he comes and goes. He's kind of flaky. The only thing you can count on is that he's going to kick you awake. Sometimes he'll spend all day cuddling with you. Other times, he don't really give a care. Now, could I uh, could I harness this horse for my own, uh, say, farming needs or maybe just ride him to work? What what could I do? It's not off the table. really depends on your your horse skills. You know, I, I tell you this, he's he's a little bit salty. Right. Okay. If you can if you can wrangle a salty horse, then I think you'll do just fine. I need a horse whisperer. Yeah. Of some kind to sort of uh, domesticate this horse. I'd say so. But I, and I'm only bringing this up to to highlight this rule again to the listeners at home. But e- even if I were to get a horse whisperer uh, or train this horse uh, really well, that would not change the fact that the horse is going to come in and kick me awake every morning of my life for the rest of my life. Correct. No matter where I am. Yeah, you're okay. never going to train that out of him. That's like the thing he does. All right. Next question. What happens if I stay in bed? What happens if I wake up and I go, I'm awake. I'm awake. You've done your job. <laughs> and I just stay in bed. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. The horse is fine with that. Yeah, he's fine. But, I mean, if you drift off again. Okay. He's, he's At some point, he's going to kick you awake. Does the time of the kicking change, say, with, uh, I don't know, daylight savings time, that kind of stuff? No, he kind of operates on his own weird clock. Oh, oh, okay. When, when he feels like you've had enough sleep, he kicks you good. When he feels I've had enough sleep. <laughs> wow, okay, wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So, uh, you know, I actually, you know what? I actually prefer that. I prefer a sort of natural, like this is a natural affliction, and it's not one of the man-made clock. Right. I've said many times on the show that I don't believe time is real. Yes. Uh, but... But I think I like the fact that this is more of a sort of this is more my own version of the sun coming up and a rooster crowing at the time that that happens, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and this, I think, I think that this actually might be the kind of jolt toward uh, taking charge of my life that I really need. I think I would sleep even harder knowing that no matter what I do, I'm going to be woken up with hooves in my face. <laughs> So, Mr. Possum, I now say to you and to all of our listeners, horsey alarm clock, I can live with that. Well played, sir. And might I say, you're going to have quite the handsome callus on your ribs. One thing I didn't factor into my questions is what kind of medical expenses come with a horse kicking you in the ribs every day of your life? Yeah, that's true. But whatever it is, it sounds like that you're a better person now because of the horsey alarm clock and you'll be all set to take it on. That's true. I'm I'm not going to be late to my doctor's appointments. You won't be late to anything. Unless the horse decides I haven't had enough sleep or whatever you said. Big Hal, do you have a nasty little sandwich for me to eat? I do. I have made you a particularly unpleasant little sandwich, and you have to tell me how you can live with it, Mr. Possum. All right. Here it is. 
you are a half a second away from sneezing at all times. Oh boy. You are you are full in the uh 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 stage of sneezing every second of your life for the remainder of your life. Can you live with that? Goodness gracious. Makes you wonder how you can even sleep. Not well. I'll tell you that. Not well. So I'm going to be grumpy. I know that. I'm not sleeping well. I can't talk no more because I'm constantly about to sneeze. I mean, grumpy is its hard to quantify grumpy because I don't know how well grumpy combines with uh, 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 being like that all of the time, you know? Yeah, but you can see it in my eyes. I'm just <laughs> It'd be it. sort of hard to convey grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> when you're looking sort of halfway up. And uh, and moaning in a way that could be pleasure at all times. I would look like I was in a state of bliss, but I would just be trying to say through the through the sneeze state, just kind of like, uh, I haven't slept in in years, you know. And that way, this that's how you know I'm is not, not a good time. pleasure. I am very <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> I don't care for this stuff like that. You're handing out handing out little handwritten notes at the mm. mall that say I am actually quite grumpy. <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> Do does this ever result in a real sneeze? Ever? No. Okay. No, you never get the you never get the sneeze. So does that mean that I'm now immune to black pepper? I can do stuff that made me sneeze before, knowing that I have sneeze immunity. Come to think of it, yes. I mean the 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 worst that black pepper can do to you, it's already doing to you. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can now do things with black pepper that you couldn't do before. <laughs> I'd love to know what those are. Sniff it. I just want to sniff it. Okay. I used to be able to sniff black pepper, but then it turned out to be one of them cartoony sneeze situations. Yeah. And I miss the days of sniffing pepper. I really do. So I, I look forward to getting back into that. Yeah, I mean, that could be your, like, big party trick is, uh, you know, you show up at a party, you got a, you got a little Ziploc baggie of black pepper, and you, uh, you, you draw out a few lines of it on the dining room table. Right. And you, and you impress all the partygoers by just, you know, straight up sniffing all of that black pepper. And I would leave a note that says, check this out. I bet you I can sniff all this black pepper without sneezing. And they read that and they see how teary-eyed and, you know, sneezy I look. And they're like, this guy's not going to be able to pull this off. He's going to sneeze. For, he looks like he wants to sneeze now. <laughs> and then I'd be raking in that money. Yeah, they're putting money down on the fact that you're going to be sneezing like crazy. It's actually a pretty good con. Yeah, plus all the ladies at the party are going to be like, Wow, the way you can sniff pepper, you must be the happiest guy in the world. And then you have to say to them, actually, well, I, I'm actually quite grumpy all the time. I'm actually quite grumpy. Yeah. I, sh- I mean, if this, this helps me grift a little bit, but look, get a little con man money on the side, shoo-wee, I can definitely live with that, Big L. <laughs> Toot toot. Well played, Mr. Possum. And toot toot to you. Well, I think it's time for you to give me a scenario so that I can obviously pretty easily uh, figure out how to live with it. Well, it's a pretty simple one. Okay. Your feet are made of wood. They're just like your feet. Yeah. It's got the same, you know, foot and toes and tendons and stuff like that, but it's wood. And they don't move. It's just like a wooden block. It's like somebody made a cast out of your foot. Or like I'm wearing wearing clogs at all times. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. That's it. 
That's it. Feed them made of wood. So I've, so I've got clogs on at all times. Well, they're kind of clogs, but they look like your feet. Okay, so my shoe budget, uh, first of all, got to say, spending a lot less money on shoes. Because mm-hmm. I could just go out and, you know. How, what's, the, what's the tread like on the bottom? Not great. Not great. Okay, so slick like a, is there a finish on these? Is there, uh, maybe I could rough, that, rough the bottom up a little bit, get myself a little grip. You, you know? could rough up the bottom, but the, the way they come, they're very slick. Okay. They look like they've been polished, and they look nice. They look nice, but it's not good practically. Is there a stain on them? Uh, is there, it's a nice walnut they, stain, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Those sound nice. You're going to want to show them off. Also, I suppose I could get, uh, I could purchase some, uh, some treading or something uh, and then just apply that to the bottom glue it pretty easily to the bottom. Wood is one of the more uh, easily uh, adhered to things, right? Oh, yeah. You could you could put pins in there and put notes on your feet, just a little, to, you know, kind of don't forget to get milk, little notes. You can, you can nail that right in. Now, Mr. Possum, perhaps you could help me out here a little bit because I'm actually having trouble coming up with a downside to the wooden foot scenario. Okay, well, yeah. Well, first of all, no more boots, no more shoes. It's just you're barefoot all the time because it's going to be, you think about all the little movements it takes to put a shoe on a foot. You don't really get to move it much anymore. Okay. It's going to be difficult to wear a shoe or a cowboy boot. Now, there's going to be some places it might frown on your little wooden feet. Yeah. The pool hall might be like, hey, no bare feet. And you're like, they're made out of wood. And they're like, I don't care, beat it. Yeah, the the pool hall, by the way, does have new management, and they're they're totally buying into all that nonsense about needing to wear shoes at a uh, establishment that serves food. Right. I'm not crazy about that. I, I do. I I think there would be a workaround for the boot thing. I think you could kind of you could kind of design a boot that would go around a wooden foot. If that was my only problem, that would be not a huge deal. That would not be a mountain to overcome. Yeah, that's not too bad. Well, you could also kind of you know paint your foot, your wooden foot, to make it look like a boot, and you could paint your fleshy calf to make it look like it's a thigh, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit trickery. It's a lot of trouble is a thing. There's nothing in this scenario. There's no, like, uh, sort of Edward Scissorhands nemesis-type uh, character coming after me because I've got the wooden feet. There's no, like, I don't have a, I don't face a, a, an incredible hardship outside of the wooden foot. Well, I wouldn't be too quick to assert that. You're going to have enemies. There are going to be people who just don't like you because of your wooden foot. Sure. That's for sure. There's going to be some people who pick on you and say, I hate his wooden feet. I used to like him, and now he's got wooden feet, and I don't care for him no more. I also would not be able to do that uh, that great exercise of taking your socks and shoes off after a hard day and uh, gripping the carpet with your toes and rubbing your feet around in the in the rug or the carpet. Oh, you can forget about that. Yeah. The wife's going to hate it. Because you're going to quit rubbing that dirty old wooden foot on the carpet. You're going to ruin it. You've roughed up your feet to get dread, and now you're just pulling up the shag carpet. I think that what I would do is I would just, uh, I, I don't know, I would say, like, rub my knees in the carpet or in the rug. You know, I would just get a little, I would just move a little further up the body to get that sensation. Sure, yeah. You can find new pleasures. And finding new pleasures makes life interesting. And because of that, Mr. Possum, I say, I can live with that. Ah, 
A round played very well, Big Hell. Toot toot. Toot toot to you, Mr. Possum. Big Hell, what you got next for me? Mr. Possum, I have a uh, particularly unpleasant scenario for you, and you're going to tell me how you can possibly live with it. Though this one might strain your thinking meats, okay? Okay. Here we go. In this scenario, your midsection, or your torso, the middle part of your body, everything but your limbs and head, has the characteristics and structural integrity of a Big Mac hamburger sandwich from McDonald's. Oh, no. That's right. Your chest is a sort of dome-like, bun-like, top bun-like structure. You then have just some, uh, let's say so your innards at that point, from going downward, are a combination of sort of a goop and some lettuce fragments, uh, a few pickles in there. And then basically you have a cheese-like layer, a patty-like layer, a bun-like layer, and then the same thing sort of going down from that point, sort of mirrored a little bit. But in anyway, the, the the drawbacks are obvious. You would fall apart as easily as a Big Mac. All right. Any kind of downward pressure, stuff starts to go sideways. Right. If you were to bend over, oh boy. Oh boy. You're all over the floor. Now, is my lifespan connected to this burger body? So let's say a, a, a whole, just a whole bunch of geese just land on me and eat, just eat my torso, burger, special sauce, Oh, all of it. Let me clarify one thing. These are the parts of your body. They're not, it's not actually pickles. It's not actually a hamburger bun. Oh. Birds are not constantly going to be flocking down to eat the, you know, the grilled meat that you're made of. This is your body. It just has the structural integrity of a Big Mac sandwich. Oh, And no. like a Big Mac... It stays a Big Mac however much it falls apart in your hands. But you're going to be pretty messy on day three of this, right? When, you know, you're, when part of you is, half of you has fallen down on the side and, you know, your, uh, your liver and your spleen are sort of hanging out uh, 90, 90% away from the rest of your body. Goodness gracious. I'm not a doctor, Big Hell. I don't know if I'm, how I'm going to put this back together. Right. Away. Great point. You don't know where everything should go. It's just falling apart all the time. Now, what if I was to get one of them cardboard boxes that the Big Mac burger is served in? Now, would that be against the rules? Would that be me skirting the uh, the issue? Oh, no, 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 no. I think that's you playing right into the spirit of the thing. Okay. I'm going to get me one of them stiff cardboard boxes, and I'm going to make that sort of my new uh, exoskeleton around my pitiful falling apart body. Yeah. And then I, I just won't think about what's getting tossed around in that box. Now, there will be some neighborhood kids who know the situation, and they will come up, and they will they will grasp the little uh, cardboard clasps on either side of the front of that, uh, of your, uh, I, I don't know, your little outfit there. Right. They will, of course, flip the lower jaw of the Big Mac container down, and, and you're, you will, of course, spill out onto the, onto the street in front of you. Uh, but that's good thinking you've done. Well, you're right to say that the kids are going to try to open the box. Of course they are. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut put a bunch of live snakes in there so that in case anybody opens up my little torso box, they're getting snaked. Okay. Because them things are going to be angry. And then I'll, then I'll become like a walking practical joke. I'm like a can of snakes. Uh, yeah, you're also one of the most interesting neighborhood characters of all time because they'll be like, oh, that's yeah, that's the Big Mac guy. But you do not want to open him up. No. The last thing you want to do is open up the Big Mac guy, and and the person is just looking at you like you're like you're nuts. Yeah, there be snakes in there, matey. But you're like, that's just life here. That's life here in Clifton. But, I mean, my my ability to sort of compartmentalize, if you will, and sort of just not to think about something if it's in a box. I think that's really going to come in handy for this. Yeah. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna run around. I'm gonna scurry in the street. I'm a possum. Sure. I'm going to do that, so I'm going to shake up my box. But hopefully it all stays together enough so that I can keep living. And I just hope to live long enough to see one of them neighborhood kids try to open up my fragile torso box and have a snake scare the dickens out of them. Yep, that's going to be pretty good. Yeah, so in that sense, I can live with that, sir. Now, Mr. Possum, it is your turn to give me a scenario that I have to live with. Now, I'll be honest here, Big Al. Sometimes when I give you one of these I can live with that scenarios, I already know what the silver lining is. I already know how I would live with it, and I'm just kind of waiting for you to find it. Right. But with this one, I'm about to say, I gotta say, it's a challenging one, and I don't even know how I would live with it. So. Oh, wow. Here we go. It's pretty bad. The air conditioning in your truck smells like old beef, Big L. Old beef. Old beef. Yeah. Ancient beef. Yeah. Uh, unlike real life, I can't just get another truck. No. This is my truck forever. So, I have a truck that smells bad. That's, of course, going to be an issue if I uh, am trying to impress, I don't know, some some new friends. If I have to take my wife out on a date. Mm-hmm. Although uh, my wife has signed on to suffer all of my burdens as well. So I'm just going to say to her, when she gets in the car, look, you married me. Right. You signed, the, you signed the papers. Right. I have to suffer through this and you have to suffer through it as well. Old beef. Old beef. I'm sure that at, at your wedding, instead of saying I do, she said, I can live with that. Oh, that's very funny, Mr. Possum. Toot toot. Uh, I, toot toot. I'm curious why you chose old beef. Because I actually think if you had said... Old vegetables, old potatoes, mm-hmm. old uh, old squash. When I think of rotten vegetables like that, that to me, that smell just puts me over the edge. Old beef, I don't have a smell in my head. Maybe I haven't been around enough old beef. Just old, just an unpleasant smell you're talking about. Well, you know, don't don't think of it as old cooked beef. Think of it as old rotten meat. Old rotten meat. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So just like a dead thing smell. Yeah, yeah, real bad. And it's going to make okay. your clothes stink and everything like that. So basically like a ca- a cow made a, like burrowed into my car, made a little nest there to maybe uh, have some little baby cows. Yeah. Uh, and then they, and then died. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so how do I live with a stinky truck? Um, I know. I know what, I know what we do. Okay. And, and, and you're going to love this, Mr. Possum. Uh, we are going to set ourselves up as a roadside attraction, not unlike a fruit market that you sometimes see on the side of the road where there's a truck there and there's a bunch of watermelons out there. 
we are going to pull up to the side of, say, Zorn Avenue, right out on the lawn there at St. Leonard's, and we're going to put up a sign that says, stinkiest truck in the world. Oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Like, they try to get, charge people money, see how long they can stand sitting in there. Can you drink an entire beer inside the stinkiest truck in the world? <laughs> you know, it's like a challenge that, that uh, like, bros will, ch- will challenge each other with. Yeah, that is trashy. And that could become my full-time job. Oh, yeah. That's a good yep. idea. That's a good idea. Make money on uh, it. Make the best of it. If I'm making money a little easier than I'm making money now, if I have a better gimmick for my life, uh, and people sort of associate me, oh, that's the stinky truck guy, I I can live with that, Mr. Possible. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was inspiring because I didn't know how that was going to be good. And you've inspired me because now I've realized another silver lining about the stink truck. What's that? You could put monster truck wheels on it, and then you could be like a monster truck guy, and you could call yeah. it like Stinkosaurus truck or whatever, you know? Like, And it's just like got just nasty brown fumes coming out of it. It's just known for being stinky. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, you would want some way for the crowd to know how stinky it is. So what I think you should do is you pass out bags that contain the stink, right. some of the truck air. And so when you drive out into the arena, everybody in the in the stands, they all rip open their bag and take a big whiff of the Stinkosaurus truck. Right. And it stinks so bad that the other trucks, they smell it, and then they just kind of fall over flat on their sides. <laughs> Big hell, what you got for me? Mr. Possum, in this scenario that you have to figure out how to live with, you start out as a handsome prince in the Middle Ages. Hmm. You live in a spacious but secluded castle in a small and obscure region. Hmm. One day, you are cursed by a nearby evil bog witch, and you are turned into a beast. Oh. From handsome prince to ugly, revolting beast. Okay. All your servants are turned into common household items. You live in solitude in the fear that the citizens of your kingdom would reject and perhaps even harm you if you showed your face again in public. But one day, a woman comes to visit your castle, interrupting your seclusion and changing the course of your life. That woman, Mr. Possum, is your mother-in-law. Oh, no, not my mother-in-law. Big Al. Yep. It's your mother-in-law. Mother-in-law and the beast. Can you live with it? You ask too much sometimes, but I am game for the challenge. Yeah. What kind of a beast am I? Do Am I strong? Do I have a, a good underbite? Do I have sharp teeth? You do have sharp teeth, yes. You are like a, oh, you're somewhere between like a bison and a wolf. Oh my gosh, that's glorious. That's glorious. I mean, that's an upgrade if you ask me. Not from the handsome prince you initially were. Yeah, I know, but I guess in this scenario, I wasn't—I didn't start out as a bossum, so it would probably hurt my feelings real bad to not be a hunk no more, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and you, you know, and you and you sort of you you stink. You're a little—you're uh, probably a little mangy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are beastly qualities to you, 
that make you scary. You drool, you probably drool a lot. You've gone from hunk to chunk. Hunk to chunk. Now, is the is my mother-in-law romantically interested in me? Possum, what a question. <laughs> uh, no, she's not interested in you. You're a, you're a ghastly beast. She's terrified of you. So what does she want with me? Just to bug me? Just do mother-in-law stuff? Yeah, she's going to tell you that you're not uh, keeping the house clean enough. She's going to say that you stink. Mm. She's going to uh, she's gonna criticize the way that you do everything. You know, she's going to say, ah, it's no way to cut wood, you know, oh, if you're, for instance, that. if you're doing that. Oh, God. She's going to question your uh, your budgeting and your, your uh, financial management. Oh, gosh. Really no element of your life is she uh, going to leave alone. She's going to question all of it. And because of the nature of the game, it's too much to ask to pass the curse onto her where she turns into a pair of scissors or something. So she's going to be stuck like a just a... Plain old mother-in-law, ain't she? Oh, she's a, yeah. She's already a, a, a cursed being. She's the mother-in-law. Hmm. Gosh. And if I maul her, if I maul her, <laughs> then the townspeople will surely come and torch my castle. Yes, they sure will, Mr. Possum. <laughs> if you, if you maul her. <laughs> All right, here's what I'm going to do, Big Hill. Yeah. Even though I don't enjoy her company... I know she would love to, as fun as it is to berate me in my castle, it's even better to do it in front of people. Okay. And my big fear when I go into town is that they're going to turn against me and be horrified. But if I show up into town as a beast, and I've got this old lady kind of pecking at me and hitting me with a cane and poking at me and calling me dumb and all that kind of stuff, they're going to be like, this guy, he's got a bad life already. We don't need to go torch him. Wow. He, he's suffering already. Wow. He's doing his time. Yes. Yes. That's right. Wow, you really did it, Mr. Possum. That's it. I found the silver lining, and sir, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I can live with that. All right, Mr. Possum, it's time for you to give me an unpleasant scenario for me to try to live with. All right, it's a classic. It's a classic. Oh, boy. Every time you clip your fingernails, it takes a year off your life. Ah, uh, okay. Well, let's get some of this stuff out of the way. Let's get some of the big questions out of the way. Sure. I Let's say I for 50 years, I don't clip my fingernails. Right. But then they're very, very long, and I clip them at that point. Is that only taking a year off my life, or is that taking 50 years off my life? No, that just takes a year off of me, but you had, to, okay. you had to grow some nasty old long nails. Sure. You paid the price. It's nice to know that it's not going to be taking 50 years off at a time right. if I let them grow very long. Uh, like, you know how animals, uh, a dog's claws will sometimes be a little bit shorter if you take them on a lot of walks because the ground scrapes the end of their claws off, Right. Sure. Can I take up a hobby where I run around like an animal with my fingertips? And is there something I can do that can reduce the length of my fingernails that doesn't count as cutting them? Right. Is my question. Yes, you can do that. That's fine. Oh, wow. Okay, great. I mean, would I, can I sand them or file them regularly? Hmm. No. No. Filing I think... seems like a way around it, doesn't it, it? Yeah, it does. It seems like a way around of it. I mean... You know, if you want to take up a hobby where you walk around on your hands to 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 control your long nails, I mean, I think you're paying for it at that point. You know, if I tell people that I can't trim my nails because it will it will kill me, do they believe me? Uh, some do, some don't. Some people think you're an absolute fool. 
Right. Well, that's going to, I mean, some people think I'm an absolute fool because they listen to this program. And it doesn't just mean if you clip your fingernails, if somebody else does, like if your wife is just like, I'm so sick of those nails scraping me, I'm going to wait till he falls asleep and I'm going to cut him. If she does that, she just took a year off your life, so you got to guard your nails good. Wow, honey, you literally took a year off my life. Mm. Uh, I would, I think I would actually enjoy being able to say that. Be good guilt, wouldn't it? That would be, oh gosh, that would be a good one to deploy. Now, uh, what about biting nails? That's cutting, right? That's cutting. Biting yeah. is cutting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, you know what? I, I think I like this idea of, um, in the way that hooves on a beast need to be walked upon to keep them, you know, you know, to keep them, to keep them from getting unruly or growing weird. Sure. I like the idea of needing to walk on my hands to keep my nails short. <laughs> I think that would be a challenge that would turn me into some kind of maybe uh, Olympic-level circus freak. I think so. Right? Uh, the, man, uh, the man who walk like a horse. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool. Because of that, I will say, I can live with that. Big Hal, what's your last little scenario for me in the wonderful game of I can live with that? Mr. Possum, you awaken in an alternate universe. And you've discovered that the you in that universe works in a pizza shop. Mm. You find like an apron or something in okay. a little tag. You report to work and you discover that your boss is Kenny Rogers, singer Kenny Rogers. Oh. So you ask Kenny Rogers to sing you a song and you find out that Kenny Rogers in this universe refuses to sing. Are you serious? Because it will distract him from his management duties at the shop. And not only that, you pull up Spotify and you find out that he never bothered to record any of his songs anyway. So Ooh, you cannot listen to the music of Kenny Rogers. You are next to Kenny Rogers every day of your life and you cannot hear him sing. Oh, my goodness. Can you live with that, Mr. Possible? What a dark reality you have painted here. That's, uh, yep. Wow. I need a moment. Yeah, I would, too, if I were you. To be spoiled with such a presence. Kenny Rogers, but not to have him sing. Yeah. Now, he can sing, right? Do I ever catch him humming or anything? I mean, he's, he's still got the same golden voice. He can sing, but he absolutely refuses to. Okay. Well, it's going to be hard work, but I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do, Mr. Possum? I'm going to walk around with a tape recorder, and I'm going to trick him into saying certain phrases, and then I'm just going to uh, edit it all together and make my own kind of bootleg Kenny Rogers records. Yeah. I'll basically, I'll, I'll do a thing where I'll be, I'll be kind of on purpose, really clumsy, and dropping all the pizzas and stuff, and I'll get him saying something like, Possum, you got to know when to hold, <laughs> and I'll get that part. And I'll I'll, I'll kind of hang around his house, and I'll, I'll I'll wait for him and his wife to get into a conversation. Then I'll knock on the door, and I just won't leave. And he'll be like, "You gotta know when to walk away." And I'm like, "Click, see ya." 
You know, I just, I'm getting it piece by piece. Right. It's going to be hard work, but I think by the time I got it, it'll be an even more personal version of The Gambler because it was all stuff that was said to me by Kenny Rogers. That would be so satisfying to have a producer credit on a Kenny Rogers record, I got to say. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's good. So I can live with that, and I get all the pizza pie that I want because in this scenario, I am stealing from Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Possum, I think we're at the last scenario of the night, and I think it's you giving one to me. Yes, sir. Your dog speaks in a British accent and looks down its nose at you. That's it. Okay, my dog speaks. Already, I hate, already I hate it. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about a dog is they don't talk. They're a friend all of the time because you don't find out that they have stupid opinions or something. Right. You know? Oh, this one does. And it's all looking down on you. And it, like, knows the time and stuff. And it's if it's, like, 6 p.m. and it hasn't had dinner yet, he'd be like, chop, chop, son. Yeah. Or whatever a British guy would say. A British guy would say something like, um, away you go, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like living with Frazier. Right. Who's... As as British as an American can be, yeah, really. pretty much. Uh, can I live with my dog? Uh, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, lifespan. Lifespan on this dog. Is it normal? It's normal. I, I would say maybe it's a little bit longer than a regular dog just because it gets a lot of joy out of talking down to you, so it's kind of like lengthened its life because of that. What sort of, uh, what sort of things does, does the dog look down on me uh about like oh. what what am i doing wrong that the dog is able to roast me for uh stuff that you watch on tv it's like oh you're watching forged in fire oh. you like that you think that's cool you like that you know stuff like that that is the last thing i need is somebody criticizing my watching habits mr possible mm-hmm. that's a number one thing and it also kind of picks on your your clothes and just, you know, anytime you try to relax, it's like, oh, yeah, you deserve a break. You've been so busy today, like all sarcastic. Right. Now, let me guess. Uh, the dog probably likes to watch things like, uh, oh, Downton Abbey, that kind of thing. Oh, like yeah. A Brit- like British dramas, right? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's bad. This is bad. The dog absolutely hates Columbo, I'll tell you that. Even though Columbo has a has a dog himself, oh, I suppose the dog would be very offended by the fact that Columbo never named his dog. Oh yeah, um, you can assume that. Wow, this is something I really don't need in my life, Mister Possum. Uh-huh. A dog that talks down to me that has a British accent. Suppose I could start like an Instagram account and film my dog. Is is a talking dog unique, novel in this world? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So again, this is this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be sort of my classic out here is I could figure out how to make this my job, basically. And what I would do here, here's how I would get through it. Here's how I would cope, because again, this is all about coping mechanisms. Is I would I would make the dog famous, and the dog would love that. The dog would get to say whatever it wants on the Instagram account for this dog. There would be little videos, and it would it would have. It would get to rant and rave about how stupid reality television is, or, uh, or whatever else, uh, whatever else like snooty opinions this dog has. It would get to express them, and then I would write in the description of the post, you know, down there below the picture on Instagram. I would write, "Look at this dumb old dog." <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's a classic Instagram account right there. That's good. And the account would be called Look at This Dumb Old Dog. Mm-hmm. And and everything would be branded sort of, oh, here's a stupid here's a stupid dog with oh that I guess has something to say. And 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 that is how I would cope with it. And I would be able to convince myself that as I took the day-to-day abuse from this dog, that that was simply me playing along. And what I was actually living was a prank at this dog, that I was getting one over on him the whole time. So, Mr. Possum, once again, I say to you, I can live with that. (laughs) 